0: Coming up on today's episode, our ranking series continues with a look at the blue paint and behind the bench. Where do hella and bonus sit when it comes to goalies and coaches in the NHL? Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, into the stretch run of the ranking series here as trading camp gets closer and closer to getting underway. Not gonna lie, got the notification earlier today that there was a trade of the NHL and I thought, thank God. Finally, we're going to get some fresh Jets news to talk about. But of course, nothing involving the local club once again. Instead, of course, it was Vegas wheeling and dealing. Aiden Hill now joins Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson in trying to solve the, uh, I guess, goaltending carousel for the Knights with Robin Leonard on the shelf for this year. But at least that is impeccable timing for us. Because we're talking goalies today. We've done the forwards. We've done the blue liners. And now it's time for the masked men. Traditionally a very, very enjoyable and stress-free ranking here in Winnipeg. Which can't be said for the other two positions. But um, those two positions aren't in the hands of Connor Hellebuck. So, you know, things generally turn out to be pretty, pretty good when that's the case. Last year in the goalie rankings... The Winnipeg Jets came in at number two, just behind Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Will that spot be maintained by Winnipeg at number two? Well, why don't we find out? And the answer is no. No, it was not maintained. (laughs) That's the bad news in all of this. It's the only bad news, really, when it comes to the goalie rankings for Winnipeg. The good news would be that the Jets once again comfortably find themselves inside the top 10 of the NHL. So so no major issues here, but just not number two heading into this season for me. So why don't we start with the top 10 there? Because that's really the only intrigue when it comes to the rankings from a Winnipeg perspective. I think even the most pessimistic fan going into the year would have the Winnipeg Jets employing one of the top 10 best goaltending tandems in the entire NHL so no real surprises when it comes to that it's just going to be where inside the top 10 that they find themselves in so we'll count our way down starting with number 10 where I've got the Dallas Stars holding down the fort and it's funny because Jake Odinger uh, he had a good season but nothing that maybe really screams top 10 goalie in the NHL but i tell you what if you stop literally a thousand shots in a seven game series and I think a hundred of those came in game seven you're gonna find yourself in the top 10 so at least on the strength of a legendary first round playoff performance I got Odinger and the Dallas Stars in at the number 10 spot number nine Darcy Kemper, no longer with the Avalanche, but now with the Washington Capitals, I've got the Capitals with the number nine goaltending group in the NHL, and I feel like maybe he's getting underrated a little bit, Darcy Kemper, with how, I guess subpar statistically, the postseason went for him, although it ended pretty damn well with a trophy lifted above his head, but I, I think the eye injury that he suffered really played a much bigger role in his performance than some people are giving him credit for. If you look at the regular season numbers, the, the dude's been one of the five best goalies in terms of save percentage for how many years in a row now? He, the, the dude just stops pucks at a high level, and I think he's going to fit in pretty nicely for a Capitals team that hasn't had the best of goaltending over the last a few years here. So there's your number nine goaltending tandem. At number eight, really the only tandem that I have inside the top ten. I should probably stop saying tandem. But I've got the Carolina Hurricanes off a resurgent year from Freddie Anderson and another solid bit of work from Monty Ranta. The Hurricanes at number eight. Number seven, Thatcher Demko and the Vancouver Canucks just behind one of my favorites in the NHL. I really like watching Jacob Markstrom play. He's kind of a bit of a throwback. It's it's ugly at times. He's a giant in the crease, but he gets the job done. I got the Flames in at number six, which means the Jets still find themselves inside the top five for goalie rankings. At number five, a newcomer, no longer Semyon Varlamov, but Ilya Sorokin manning the crease for the New York Islanders I've got them holding down the number five spot after a sparkling campaign from the Russian netminder the younger Russian netminder between the two there and then at number four it's a two-spot drop I've got the Winnipeg Jets in at number four with my goalie rankings we'll obviously expand on that in just a sec but the Jets drop from two to three inside the top three I've got the Nashville Predators jumping ahead of their division rival after I mean it's it was Rene and Soros forever, but it's U C Soros's show now and he is one hell of a goalie. I love watching him play because it's kind of refreshing not to have somebody that's six foot five, <laughs> you know, stopping pucks. I mean, he, he looks like Darren Payne compared to some of the tenders that are out there in the NHL right now. Um, but I've got Soros after another Vesna worthy campaign. In at number three, number two, I mean the top two really shouldn't be any surprise after the uh, the season that was had by both. Coming off a Vesna Trophy win, it's not enough to grab the number one spot. I've got the New York Rangers and Igor Shosturkin because at number one is a future Hall of Famer, a legendary goalie. And I don't know how you could pick anybody else if you had one game to win right now. Um, but once again, the Tampa Bay Lightning sit atop the goaltending rankings. Andre Vasilevsky, the best goaltender on the planet, puts the Lightning in at the number one spot. So the Jets go from number two last year to number four this year. Technically, that's a drop in the rankings, but it really doesn't mean a whole lot to me, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, I don't think it's—even even with a—by his standards— a subpar season from Connor Hellebuck. It's not a reason to worry. It's not a major point of concern whatsoever. It's just, you know what? Shusterkin played out of his mind this past season. And, and UC Soros, I, I mean, statistically, has, has matched Connor Hellebuck for, for a few years now. But if I'm picking between Nashville and Winnipeg, what it really comes down to there is more so I, I trust Nashville's backup in Kevin Lankinen more so than I do David Riddich at this point. And if it's going to be that close to me, tie goes to the back of goalie. And that's why I've got Nashville ahead of Winnipeg. But really, I mean, if you look at, for me at least, when I do these rankings here, again, tiers kind of pop up to me. And you know, for me, inside the top 10, I think there's a bit of a separation. I think, you know, Tampa Bay and New York the, the New York Rangers, I should say, Tampa Bay and the Rangers are, are, are clearly a step above everybody else right now, Not a massive, but I think they're a step above the rest. And then for me, three through seven, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot separating any of those starting goalies. Nashville, Winnipeg, the Islanders, the Flames, and the Canucks. I mean, you could you could really mix and match and there wouldn't be too much of an argument there. I don't think there's a lot separating three through seven, to be honest. I think all those teams have elite starting goalies, and you know what? If you've got an elite starting goalie, who the hell cares if you're number three or number seven? They're set. They've got workhorses, and that, that's really what sets them apart from the rest of the teams that are on this list. Now, I want to dive a little deeper into the Winnipeg Jets goaltending situation for both this upcoming season and for seasons to come here because I think there's a lot of optimism for the goaltending position in the present. I think there is big time concern for the goaltending uh, position in the future here and it's a conversation we don't want to have but it's one that's going to be had pretty soon here because we're getting closer and closer to some major decisions needing to be made by Kevin Chevaldeoff and his staff. We'll get to all of that in just a sec, but before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, because while training camp in the NHL is right around the corner, a new football season is even closer on the horizon, week one of the NFL is almost here, and DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a major deal to kick things off where you can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And a reminder as well that you can experience even more thrills with DraftKings early win promotion. This is what I'm talking about. If your team gets up seven, you win. That's it. No need to watch the rest of the game. No stress, no worries. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if they lead at 7 points at any point during the game, you get your money instantly. That's the way to get it done. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I mentioned, again, you know, good news, bad news. Bad news, the Jets fall two spots in the rankings. Good news, it doesn't matter. Still one of the best goaltending groups, or still, I mean, one of the best starting goalies, at the very least, in the entire NHL. And And that's where, quite clearly, the optimism reigns going into this upcoming season. It's Again, quite frankly, the, the main reason to be optimistic about this team's chances of getting back into a playoff spot is that, hey, if Connor Hellebuck has a better season than he did the past year, if, if he kind of reverts back to what he's been for this club, which is a pillar and a rock, and he gives this team a 920 save percentage, there's a pretty damn good chance they're going to be playing some some bonus hockey after 82 games are in the bucks. And I don't really put a lot, if any... Stock into the season that that Hellebuck had last year. Look, it wasn't his best season. No one's gonna argue that. Um, do I think it's a sign of decline and a trend of things to come? Absolutely not. I, I just don't see that in any way, shape, or form. And it, and it wasn't even like it was a disastrous season either. You know, a nine ten save percentage in a year where where save percentage was down across the entire NHL you know what, That that's a pretty, if that's going to be a bad season for you, that's a damn good bar to have, and let's face it, the defense in front of Connor Hellebuck was atrocious once again last year, now, I mean, he's fought through that for a few seasons now, but I, I do feel that, you know, at some point, every goaltender has his breaking point, and, and you need a little bit of support in front of you, it's so hard to be so sharp, so on top of your game, Night after night, when you're giving up the quality that the Winnipeg Jets do, I, I think it takes a toll. And I, I think, you know, what there were a handful of nights last year where Hellebuck probably would have liked to have stopped one or two more shots on each of those nights, and then that's how you go from say a 9.22 to a 9.10. Um, I, I think that with the addition. With the arrival of Rick Bonus and his coaching staff here, I I, I don't know how, what the to what degree it's going to be improved, but I do think there will be more defensive structure in front of Connor Hellebuck this season. I mean, probably more so than any year he's had in the last three or four seasons now. I, I think things are going to be a little bit easier on him, might be much more easier on him in terms of the quality that he's going to be facing. And I think that alone is going to bump up the numbers of Connor Hellebuck this year, and, and and quite frankly, the reason I'm most optimistic is Hellebuck is a competitive, stubborn, pain in the ass. <laughs> I say that with, with all positivity in the world, right? Like, he is a very, very competitive, prideful athlete, and and I think that he, more than just about anybody else inside that locker room, is going to look at the year he had and say, ah, that's, that's not happening again this year. So, as far as what to expect from the big dog, 37 this year, yeah, I think the Jets are going to get all-star caliber goaltending from Connor Hellebuck. Is it going to be enough to push them into a playoff spot? Well, that remains to be seen. There's still a, a decent amount of holes on this roster here, but for, at a bare minimum, 55 games this year, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be just fine in net. Now, the pessimism comes in in really two forms. I guess one would be in the present, and that would be the change in backup goalie, going from Eric Comrie to David Riddich, who has had to be putting it mildly, a bit of a train wreck past couple of seasons. It's it's pretty crazy. He was a, an NHL All-Star not all that long ago for the Calgary Flames. Um, but if you're looking at just save percentage over the last few seasons, 907, 904, 888, Eight eight six. There, there's a pretty clear trend that's that's going on here, and it's not going in the right direction for David Rittich, So when you take a look at what Eric Comrie did last season, being one of the feel good stories of the year for the club, on paper it looks to be a downgrade in the backup goalie spot, which is a shame, really, because as great as Connor Hellebuyck is, for for me, with the way the NHL is trending right now, there, there's no reason Helley should be playing. 60 plus games every single season. It's just not sustainable to me. I think you're going to see more wear and tear. And most importantly, even if you get into the playoffs off the strength of uh, a Hellebuck campaign where he plays 60 plus games, I just don't think you're going to have anything left of the tank by the time the playoffs roll around. So, So there needs to be a limit on the number of games Connor Hellebuck plays. That remains... A serious serious question mark if David Riddich is going to be at a sub 900 save percentage point but even you know with that little bit of negativity I think there is a reason to be a little optimistic that Riddich could turn it around in Winnipeg this season because the Winnipeg Jets have a pretty damn good track record of bringing in backup goalies that have struggled in previous spots and then seeing them find success with the Jets in their first season being given the role. You can go back to even Al Montoya, for example, getting a shot back in the uh, Palm Electricity days, him battling Andre Pavlik for the starting crease. Montoya came off the scrap heap and was a pretty reliable goalie for a season or two for the Jets. Then you have, I mean, Eric Carmi last season. But before that, Loren Berçoise, now with the Vegas Golden Knights, had a pretty... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a pretty ugly track record with the Edmonton Oilers coming into his first stint with the Winnipeg Jets and then what does the guy do? Plays his ass off and he was tremendous and, and earned himself a nice little pay raise in his current contract with the Vegas Golden Knights so you know what if, if it's Wade Flaherty's secret sauce or some magic pill that he throws out there you can give him a ton of credit he's done a pretty good job of of finding diamonds in the rough and and getting a lot out of the backup goaltending position when it doesn't seem like there is anything there for the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, for the most part, I don't think there should be a lot of negative energy surrounding what the Winnipeg Jets are going to have in goal for this upcoming season. Where the negativity really lies, though, and it's maybe not negativity, it's more so uncertainty there are a handful of monumental questions surrounding this goaltending position. And really, it's just surrounding Connor Hellebuck's future with this club here. And it's kind of on both sides of the equation, right? I mean, one, is Connor Hellebuck going to want to re-sign in Winnipeg? If the Jets struggle, is he going to want to re-sign in Winnipeg? Or is icing a competitive team here really the only way to keep him in the fold moving forward? You have you know, the Connor Hellebuck perspective in this situation. But on top of that, too, you have the team aspect and the roster building and the salary cap aspect of how to deal with goaltenders and whether or not they even deserve long-term big money deals, right? I mean, you have a guy that's going to be in his 30s by the time that next contract is signed. And do you want to gamble? eight, nine, ten million million per season on a position that, you know, at times has proven to be relatively unstable in terms of performance from year to year to year. And there's been more than enough yikes contracts handed out to goaltenders that enter their 30s, even if they had a lead play inside of their 20s. We've seen some of those fail spectacularly going back. I mean, you can go back 10 seasons, but there have been more than enough cases of, of deals handed out in the past few years that have uh, major, major buyer's remorse on them here. So so that's two sides of the equation here that needs to be solved and it needs to be figured out pretty quickly. From Connor Hellebuck's perspective, I, I really do believe he would want to be here. I don't think this is the same as a Pierre-Luc Dubois. To, to me, this is more like a, a Blake Wheeler situation in a way. That, you know what? I, I think there's a fair amount of loyalty. I think he legitimately likes playing in this city. I think a guy like Helly likes a hockey man market and, and thrives off of that energy and atmosphere. And he seems like he gets along with the majority of the guys in the locker room. I, I don't think this is going to be a case of a guy wanting to leave the Winnipeg market for something bigger somewhere else in the NHL. I think it's strictly going to come down to, you know, in either a year or two years' time whether or not Connor Hellebuck thinks the Winnipeg Jets are going to ice a competitive enough team to go ahead and win a Stanley Cup. I think that's it. I think think if Hellebuck feels like the Jets are not even on the path, but like right in the middle of the road to being a Cup contender, that he'll have no problem signing a long-term deal here and and spending essentially his entire career here with the Winnipeg Jets. But I, I, I think if there's any doubts about that, I think his future is going to be big time, big time up in the air, because that's all that really matters to him now, he's made it clear too, and I mean, he's not hiding from it in interviews or anything like that, he's won a ton of hardware, if not all the hardware you can win as an NHL goalie outside of bringing the Stanley Cup home, that's it, That's, that's the one thing that drives him right now, and so that's going to be one of Kevin Chevaldeoff's biggest ass here is if he wants to keep Connor Hellebuck in the fold moving forward, he's going to have to ice a competitive team or else I do believe that Connor Hellebuck is going to take his services elsewhere. But that's the other part of this equation, right? Is And, and this, it's not even necessarily a, a, a Hellebuck issue. It's kind of like a logical dilemma. It's a roster philosophy that, that you have. I, I don't think it has anything to do with a particular person, but you know you, you wonder, is it smart to give any goalie heading into their 30s a six, seven, or an eight-year deal at seven, eight, nine, maybe even $10 million per season? Is, is that the best way to go out there and build a winning team, a, a continuously successful winning team? I'll I'll tell you what, I don't know what the answer is to that, but I will say this. I feel a lot more comfortable betting on an elite goalie continuing his play moving forward than I would trying to go on the cheap and and trying to find an answer elsewhere (laughs) because it is real easy for fans and particularly people in the analytics community to say goaltending's voodoo, goaltending can be found on the cheap, you can get average to good goaltending pretty much anywhere, no need to sink that much money into it, it's it's very easy for people to say that until their goaltender gives up a stinker every other night and the team finds themselves outside of the playoff picture because the tendy in the blue paint can't stop a beach ball, right, or a playoff series gets derailed because a decent goalie in the regular season can't continue that success into the postseason, I, as a Flyers fan, have seen enough horrid goaltending to last dozens of lifetimes. If you've got an elite goaltender, you cling to him with your fingernails and do not let that guy go if you have the opportunity to keep him here. I might be scarred beyond belief, but I really truly believe that if you've got an elite guy... You find a way to keep him in the fold, and you build around him. You you don't try to find something on the cheap and, and try to, you know, find that diamond in the rough and strike gold, and away you go here. No, you, you, you take the sure thing, and you lock that down for the foreseeable future. That's where that's where I would try to go with this from Kevin Chevalier. Off. What will be fascinating, though, is if the Winnipeg Jets, and they're going to be a, in a battle in, in this Central Division for a playoff spot, if the team either plateaus or takes another step back this season. What do you do with Connor Hellebuck if he is unwilling to commit to an extension and a long-term deal going into the final year of his contract? Do you do you do you maybe shop him around a little bit at the trade deadline? Do you wait until the draft? Like there is a lot of moving balls here if Connor Hellebuck is unhappy with the state of the team. And you got to try to figure out and get some clarity on that. And you got to do it sooner. That is a much more delicate dance than the Mark Scheifele and the Pierre-Luc Dubois situations that the Winnipeg Jets will be facing in the coming years here. What to do with Connor Hellebuck. I hope this isn't something that we're talking about. You know, as the season progresses here, I hope it's that, you know what, the team's doing good, he's doing good. And you know what, the goaltending position is on lockdown for the foreseeable future. Because the other part of it is, if Hellebuck does want out the door, and he is not going to be a member of the Winnipeg Jets moving forward, there is zippo in the organizational pipeline to replace what Connor Hellebuck brings. You're not going to find a replacement, let's be honest, but you know what, there's not somebody this team can look at that they have drafted and developed and say, you know what, at least we've got a starting goalie, a young starting goalie in the wings here, and we'll see where that goes unfortunately, while I would love to see him in the NHL, I don't think Mikhail Burden is... I mean, he's not an NHL starting caliber goalie at this point. You wonder if he's even going to be a backup for the Winnipeg Jets. Arvid Holm, a a big-time struggle for him statistically in his first season with the Manitoba Moose. And outside of that, there's not really really much excitement at all when it comes to the goaltending prospects for the Winnipeg Jets. It's going to have to be something that is addressed, in a draft or two over these next few seasons for the club because the, there isn't really anything there. It doesn't have to be a first-round investment. There's been more goalies picked outside the the first and second round even, than, right, that, that are starting goalies than there have inside those two rounds. But at some point here, the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to try to find their potential goalie of the future, even if Connor Hellebuck decides to stay here because that part of the pipeline is completely dry. If you could find another fifth round gem, that would be beauty. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we're talking about in the near future finding a prospect to help supplement that pipeline and to be a potential understudy to a Connor Hellebuck as opposed to being a soon replacement for a Connor Hellebuck who's out the door somewhere else. Either way, in the meantime, though, the Winnipeg Jets will definitely be set at the goal hitting position for this upcoming season. But let me know on Twitter what you think at Brandon underscore Verwicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. I mean, I guess first off, where you have Connor Hellebuck in the goaltending rankings, Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets. But maybe more importantly, what to do about the Connor Hellebuck situation? And would you feel comfortable giving Connor Hellebuck a six, seven, eight year deal, eight, nine, 10 million per season? As he goes into his early, mid, and late 30s, really intrigued. I, I, gold tending signings like this are fascinating to me, and I'm very, very curious to know what the fan base thinks of what to do for Connor Hellebuck when it comes time to renegotiate on his upcoming extension. So that does it for the gold tending rankings here. Again, no major surprises here, as the Jets do quite well with number 37 in the fold. To wrap up the episode, we'll just quickly shift over to the coaching rankings. I thought I'd throw that in here for this episode as well. Give you a little bit of a a two-for-one type deal. And, um, you know, I'm kind of going to do a bit of a cop-out here. It's it's really hard to rank coaches, to be honest, because it's so difficult to differentiate the coaching impact versus the roster-building impact. Versus the player talent impact. And then you have a goaltender thrown into the mix as well. Right? Like it, it's really, really difficult to get a sense of how good each coach truly is in each situation. But when I look at it, th- this to me more than any of the other rankings involves a big time tier distinction. And I mean immediately I kind of eliminate, it looks like seven teams here. Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, Buffalo. Arizona, the Islanders, Montreal, Edmonton, that's eight teams, Um, but those eight all have either first-time hires who have yet to coach or recent hires that just haven't had much time to acclimate themselves at the NHL level, so I just kind of eliminate those teams right off the bat because we don't know. They they could have great coaches. They could be duds in a few years time, Um, but that leaves us 25 teams to work with at this point, I also don't think that uh, Rick Bonus, even for his most ardent supporters, will put him anywhere near the top 10 of coaches inside the NHL. Uh, for me, I've got John Cooper at the top of the rankings, followed by Jared Bednar in Colorado, Mike Sullivan, who's a mastermind with the Penguins. I, I got Daryl Sutter as a top five coach. I mean, the, the dude just delivers, delivers really strong results, no matter where he goes, I I almost feel like he's underrated a little bit, you know, which is wild to say for a guy that was in the Jack Adams running this past season, Um, and then Gerard Gallant, with the New York Rangers rounding out the top five there, Um, Carolina, Vancouver, Vegas, LA, St. Louis, uh, the other top 10 teams there, but even outside the top 10, for me, I've got Washington, Minnesota, Philly, which might surprise some people, but whatever you think of Torts, Torts knows how to coach the hell out of a team. And uh, Sheldon Keith and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so I've got my top 14 all figured out. I also, you know, I'll, I'll throw Dave Haxtall with Seattle, uh, Lindy Ruff with New Jersey, and uh, whatever the hell's going on in San Jose right now. Um, those three teams as clubs for sure that you would take rick bonus over whichever head coaches that they have right now which leaves us groups 15 through 22 and i think that's a pretty fair spot to put rick bonus and some of the other coaches in i mean you at, at this point to me you can kind of quibble over should, should he be 15 or 14 or should he be in the 20s i i i don't know i don't, i really don't know what the answer to that is but to me, that 15-22 that to 22 group is just coaches that can do a, a solid job. They're not the best coaches in the league. They're not the worst coaches in the league. But under the right circumstances, they could potentially take a team and coach them to a deep playoff run or two. Because we've seen Rick Bonus do that most recently with the Dallas Stars not all that long ago, right? But, but I don't think you're going to be necessarily tripping over yourselves to uh, make either of those coaches the, uh, the bench boss for your team. But ultimately, where I come down on this as we wrap up the episode here, and, and I think now that the disappointment of not landing Barry Trotz has subsided, and, may, and maybe some of the temperature starts to drop a little bit, you look at the job Rick Bonus did with the Dallas Stars, let's just go with this past season for example. He took a Stars team that is much less talented than the Winnipeg Jets. He took that club, they weren't reliant on outstanding goaltending during the regular season, and they played a solid defensive structure and they were able to score a decent amount of goals still despite not having a ton of offensive firepower outside of that brilliant top line that they have there. Rick Bonus took a, a a team that probably shouldn't have been in the playoff picture, and got them into a playoff spot. And then they gave the Calgary Flames all they could handle in a first round series as well. If we remove that Game Seven where they were horrendously outshotted, but you know what I mean? Like he he took a team that that you know wasn't a top ten group in the NHL, and while they weren't you know didn't end up being a top ten team, I I thought he did a pretty. A pretty solid job with the Dallas Stars last year and I think there's hope that with a more talented group maybe he's able to mold the Winnipeg Jets into you know not a cup contending team but a solid playoff roster I I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case but I think at the very least the Winnipeg Jets got an upgrade in coaching from last year to this year and I'm a I'm a big bonus fan I think he's a beauty I might be a little biased there but I, I, I do think that we're going to see a response out of this team and, and more commitment to play inside their own half of the ice. It's just a little bit unfortunate that the, uh, the GM didn't give a little more support to his new head coach in terms of roster additions and, and filling some of the holes that were created um, from the club last year. But for me, Rick Bonus will kind of put him in the, in the same spot with the forwards and the defense group of this team in that mushy middle not great, not bad, but just solid, and we'll see if solid is going to be good enough for the Winnipeg Jets this upcoming season, Uh, but that'll do it for the episode, we ran a little bit long here, so we'll uh, call it quits right now, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again, we'll get back to it, I I know I've said these past couple of Tuesday episodes, we'll get back to it Friday, and I didn't deliver, life is hard, (laughs) A -a one-and-a-half-year-old kid is even harder than that. Um, But I won't let life get in the way for me. We'll deliver another episode for you guys on Friday. And what we'll do is we'll get your thoughts on all the rankings so far from the Winnipeg Jets side of things. So all your comments and questions from the forwards, the defense, and now the goaltending rankings, we'll get to all of those in a mailbag episode on Friday to cap off the week. And then when we get back at it next Tuesday... To kick off the month of September, we'll get into the team rankings across the entire NHL and where the squad of the Winnipeg Jets sits across the league heading to this upcoming season. So that'll be a bit of a doozy to kick off next week. But until then... Thank you once again so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. We'll get back at it on a Friday with a mailbag episode. Until then, enjoy your week and stay safe, everybody. Peace.